Welcome to Campfire Chronicles, episode 27. Uh, really quickly, if you have not checked out our Patreon page, uh, please consider doing so. For only $2 for every full episode, you get access to weekly updates, live streams, and behind-the-scenes bloopers, commentaries, all sorts of good stuff. And with that, let's get into the episode. Yes. Um, so what are we talking about today, Andrew? Um, uh, so we... I don't think we've talked since Hawaii, so I think that's going to be like one of the main topics. We haven't talked since Hawaii? Well, not- <laughs> <laughs> well, that's probably for the best because we spent a lot of time <laughs> together in Hawaii. That's for sure. I was going to say not, not with the channel, but oh, uh, that's okay. almost kind of accurate. Besides, yeah. like meeting up for Picard and stuff. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> so, Adventure Archives is dead. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, Hawaii was awesome. So we went to Hawaii mid December. Mm-hmm. Um, as some of you already know, we uh, were planning a big like backpacking trail on the Kalalau Trail, but unfortunately got rained out as is appropriate but it's not just any rain uh they actually had to shut down the park because of the rain yeah yeah. and officially we had to turn around we don't even have an excuse they they said you could stand here (laughs) yeah and then turn around when you're done which is kind of like it made it a little less painful the fact that we had like we were forced to do it Mm -hmm. and we were even talking about as we were hiking out like the sun started coming out and we were like oh man like maybe we should have just stayed but, yeah, but the uh, the next two days of rain in the hotel made us yeah, yeah. reaffirm well, that that was the right decision. It even rained sort of as we were um, on the out. bus out. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, I, I guess uh, what are your general thoughts about Hawaii? Like, you know, I'm I'm glad that we did what we did, and I don't know how much we want to spoil, but we ended up making it several different taking in several different aspects of Kauai itself. Yeah, yeah. I think. In hindsight, if I were to choose, I would have rather have done the full backpacking trip than jump around like we did. Yeah, because we still would have had time to do some stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, now, granted, we did a lot of other cool things, and mm-hmm. I don't think anything would have beat sleeping on the beach like we did that one day. Except yeah. we would have slept on the beach if we had backpacked. Yeah, anyway. yeah. So, yeah. I don't know. Um, I, I, the I, trail would have been really cool. Uh, in hindsight, I really wish we were able to do that trail. Yeah. But, oh well. It's it's funny because uh, this is definitely not the first time this has happened with our videos, like mm-hmm. where we've gone somewhere and it has not at all turned out the way we expected it to. And it's always kind of like, it's this weird added stress because Robbie and I at the time were talking about how like, we weren't really stressed about the fact that we couldn't do the trip because like, if you removed the filming aspect from it, it would have just been like, okay, we're still in Hawaii. Like, yeah. We're still having a good time. But it's like sort of this added pressure to want to put together a cool adventure like in the form of a video mm-hmm. uh, well you had the benefit of we had to drive everywhere and when you drive you don't necessarily film things so you get a lot of breaks in between filming, yeah that's true yeah um which kind of eases the burden i think a bit it's funny um also because like because the backpacking trip was canceled we were all kind of well at least me and robbie were worried that like we wouldn't have enough footage and so far as we're editing it, like the raw cut was like an hour and 40 minutes. So really? There's like a ton oh, of stuff that gosh. we have to trim. Yeah. So I think this episode more than any other is going to be more of a, here's a tour guide of Kauai rather than here is uh, um, following us in the moment on a trail. But I think it's, so far it has sort of that same like road trip kind it does? of feel. Yeah, good. Yeah. Good, good, good. Um, and actually Robbie made these cool like driving map sequences. So oh, good. It kind of okay. ties everything together. Because those, uh, you really need a map to understand this episode, yeah, I think. Yeah. That's the important part. But Here's anyway. a 
here's a question for you because I know yeah. both of us have been there before. Um, everyone else had never been there, but mm. the like before when you had been to Hawaii, it kind of stuck with you, right? Like, because yes. at least that was my experience. Like for whatever reason, I even had like a fever when I was in Hawaii the first time yeah. I was there, but it still stuck with me as this like really, uh, I don't know, impactful vacation. And for you whatever didn't get reason. that on this trip. Well, actually, I was going to say, I think I still did to some extent where mm-hmm. I'm like thinking very fondly about it. I, I'm i in a little bit of different shoes. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> and I haven't thought too much about it, but if I were to put a reason to it, it would be because the first trip, I severely underestimated how awesome Hawaii was going to be. Mm. And so I was just blown away. Uh, I also wasn't there for work. We weren't, we didn't have any real things we needed to accomplish and everything had already been planned out this trip things were it it was technically for work we had work to do things did not go according to plan and we really didn't spend that much time on the beach you know we didn't really spend a lot that is true actually in like we We didn't ever like just go to the beach and relax right we did a lot of planning and then we would go someplace yeah we would hike we'd film it was all work you know no matter what you're in hawaii so it's nice Mm. work but it was still work. Whereas that first trip to me, it was, it was adventure. It was relaxing. It was, it was, it was the perfect combination of everything. For some reason, I just have like super fond memories of just like hanging out at the hotels and like going to that store and like getting the poke and stuff. Like, oh. like those seem like super mundane moments. But for some reason, I mean, maybe it's because those were the moments where mm-hmm. we were relaxing. But like, that is kind of what sticks out in my mind. But it, I don't know, because I left thinking like, oh, this, there were still aspects of this that weren't like first time i went there yeah um i don't know though for for whatever reason it's still like i think back very fondly about this trip interesting interesting i um i might just need more time to comprehend it and then watch the video that you guys put together yeah because i haven't watched that might yeah that might be you're you're seeing the video that you're editing on a regular basis yeah so full disclosure robbie and andrew do all the video editing um i don't help anymore (laughs) (laughs) you make side videos still no, I don't. Well, I will. Uh, in theory, that, I guess. <laughs> I will. Um, yeah, yeah. But that's a topic for later today. Yeah, yeah. Well, okay, here's a... What was your, like, favorite and least favorite part about this trip? That's a good... Why don't you start that off, and then I'll come up with an answer okay. while you talk. <laughs> I also need to think about... Yeah. Least favorite was probably... I mean, I think the least favorite was maybe just, like, the fact that we were not able to do the whole backpacking trip. Yeah. And just, like, dealing with sort of the anxiety around that. Mm-hmm. Um Favorite, I don't know, I think is just like, I I feel like I have a lot of fond memories in the last few days where we're like getting ready to go to the luau and stuff. Yeah. I don't know why, but. My favorite memory, it, it's a tie between both, between two. I took maybe an hour and a half or two hours when we camped on the beach and just walked up the coast for as long as I could. I think I probably walked two and a oh, half right, miles. Oh, right, in the morning. Two right. and a half miles back. Yeah. Oh, wow. And it was awesome just collecting seashells and being very aware that i was on an island in the middle of the pacific ocean to me that was incredible yeah yeah uh the second that it kind of ties with was when we were in um um the canyon and we were at the top we climbed to the top of the water well, we climbed down to the top of the waterfall oh yeah yeah and i kind of went at my own pace but i had hiking poles and i felt like finally i could go hiking again because i didn't really get to i'm not a big backpacker and if you watch the show you realize that but i was able to go with my pack with my small pack 
go at the pace I wanted and still get that sense of adventure that I really mm. miss having left California. This was the first day hike we did, right? Like the the one with the waterfall and the coffee plant that was on no, Sacred Ground. No, no, this is in the canyon, uh, Waimea Canyon. Oh, right. Remember, right, we, right, we yeah, drove yeah. up to the top. Oh, yeah, you were going fast. Right, and then yeah. you... That, because that was also the trip where I uh, picked up those hitchhikers, drove them, yeah. drove them a couple miles back. So, <laughs> so the whole time as we're coming back, mm-hmm. Robbie is like, "Where?" Like because he was keeping up with you for a bit, I think. Yeah, and then I just, I was like, "Yeah, you guys are too slow." So I just kept going. And so then he just like stopped and waited for the rest of us, and we caught up, and we're like, "Yeah, where's Thomas?" He's like, "I have no idea." He just zoomed off, and we get to the end of the trail, and we see, I think, I moved the car. Yeah, yeah. Well, first we were like, "Where's the car?" And then we saw you. Mm-hmm. And then you go, yeah, I took some hitchhikers down the street. We were like, what? How did you have time to do that? (laughs) I was there about a good 10 minutes before you guys. Um, But I I don't know. Just the power of hiking overtook me and I needed to go fast. Yeah. So that's what I I did. Got to go fast. (laughs) The least favorite aspect um, was dealing with the hotels. Because I I didn't trust them at first. Mm Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Because they were so... They tried to get you to buy a timeshare. Yeah, they tried to get you to buy <laughs> that, a timeshare. Yeah, share. that was my least favorite part, actually. Yeah. And the, the deals were so good um, that I was so skeptical that everything was going... like, like yeah, what, what's yeah. like To me, there was like a catch-22 in the back of my mind. And it ended up... There really wasn't a catch-22. And it was just more in my head. But I'd never been in a situation where we had three bedrooms. We had three bedrooms mm-hmm. for less than $200 a night. Yeah, in Hawaii. In Hawaii. That's, that's nuts, yeah. And that's the thing is, you know, when we go on these road trips, even when we were up to, um, I don't know, Adirondacks, for a for two beds, it was maybe 20 bucks more in Hawaii for three bedrooms. Yeah, yeah. And it was not just like a hotel room. It was like... It was a, like, like a, a condo. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I was just like, what is the deal? Like, what am I missing here? Well, you see, Thomas, when you buy a time... <laughs> <laughs> so um, that's a, that, that is one thing we had to do, like... These timeshare tours or whatever, mm-hmm. so that we could get a discount on the luau, which is which was a significant discount. It's a significant it's like discount, huge, but, but it's also you can kind of look at it as it is part of the culture there. My parents had to do the same thing when they went on their honeymoon. Mm-hmm. A lot of people have to do the same thing now. If you spring and actually like spend four hundred bucks a night on a luxury resort, of course you're not going to have to do that stuff. But you're spending <laughs> four hundred bucks a night. <laughs> I just think it's funny that we're also talking about like resorts when we are. I know <laughs> but the meat and potatoes is like a backpack and yeah, 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 yeah. So, <laughs> no, no, it was. I mean, but that is like part of what the experience is, exactly. Whether or not that's a good thing, but exactly. for better or worse, I guess. Yeah. And I think I, I haven't seen the episode yet, but I think that's probably going to be reflected within the episode to some degree. Is yeah. my my anxiousness on the hotel rooms? Mm. Um, I will say there for like I always have these very specific things that stand out as fond memories, but one of the funnest moments was when. Uh, we were oh what was when was this i think this was after our first day hike um after like the backpacking trail mm-hmm. went under um and we were like back in the hotel lobby drinking okay. those mai tais during yes, happy hour yes like before going out to eat like i don't know just that sort of like just being able to like hang out and chill and not have anything on your mind is is really quintessential to mm. that hawaiian experience and I think that's something I got a lot more of on my first trip because we were in one of those nicer resorts. Yeah. And we did have like this little beach to ourselves. And there were uh, – when when you go to a beach and you just relax, it's something about Hawaii that you can't get anywhere else that I've I've tried. And I lived in California and we could drive to the beach. 
But there it's just so secluded, so peaceful. Mm-hmm. And it's the smell. The smell of Hawaii is a real thing. Yeah, yeah. It just smells like... Amazing. Um, yeah, that's I've mentioned this before, but when I... The first time I was ever there was with my friend Jess. Mm. Um, and he, like, made it a point to be like, we should... Like, we should check out some stuff, but we shouldn't, like, feel stressed out that we have to see everything. Mm-hmm. He was like, I'm here to be on vacation, and we should just relax. And, I, like, that was... Because usually I do travel someplace thinking, like, I need to have, like, all these experiences. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was such a different way to think about it yeah. that really worked. Anyway, yeah. I don't know. So, all in all, Hawaii? Pretty yeah, good. Yeah, it was a good time. Good pretty time. good. Yeah. Pretty good. Um, So, I guess we should also... I wanted to talk a bit about our past trips that have like kind of gone wrong because actually we have had some questions about that. Um, in light of the whole, Hawaii you know, it's thing. the uh, I, I forgot about this, but you know what trip did not go according to plan at all that we that we've kind of forgotten about. Big Sur, no Yosemite. Oh, we were supposed to make that a whole loop. You're right. Yeah, that's it's funny you say that because. Um, I feel like we have had so many more trips like that, but then I try to count them out, and I'm like, it's only been like a few. But yeah, there are a lot of almost every trip we've we've done. There's been something that doesn't go right. Now, well, yeah, but sometimes it's a minor thing like yeah. rain, and that's yeah. sort of just part of it. But like, yeah, Adirondacks. Yeah, yeah that yeah. didn't. I mean, you could watch that video, and you probably didn't realize things didn't go according to plan. But mm-hmm. that didn't go according to plan. What went wrong? Oh, yeah. We were going to do the whole loop. Yeah. That. We were going to do that. Wow. And yeah, yeah. Robbie and I were going to go climb a mountain, and we didn't do that. And so then we had to throw a mountain on after the fact. Yeah. Because it was, was thundering. Yeah. What was the last one we did before that? Uh, Was it Big Sur? No, no, no. Just chronologically. Oh, right? oh Minis- uh, Not Minister. Um, the one all four of us did. Yeah. What's the river? river Manistee. Manistee? Isn't that one? Yeah. Oh, I was thinking more of... Um, uh, Virginia Highlands. What was the Highlands? Grayson Highlands? Grayson Highlands. Oh, so, I thought that went according to plan. That one... I, I thought that one went very much according to plan. Uh, it did, but we dealt with that... Um, dealt with that wind that last night. So it wasn't pristine. So I think we need to dis- distinguish. Did things well, not going according to plan, or did things just get rougher than we expected? We can do both, but I think... Not according to plan, but but I mean, you do bring up a good point where like I I totally forgot the Adirondacks was actually yeah an, a case where we had to change our plan. Mm-hmm. Um, Red River Gorge. When I went, you guys ended up being a day later. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, or just later in the day than we were. much yeah. later in the day, yeah, yeah, so yeah. we had to readjust our plans accordingly. Right, right. Manistee definitely something happened. Yeah, the canoe <laughs> incident. <laughs> um, that was probably the like it's funny because. I was thinking about that the other day, and it's mm-hmm. a good thing that happened at the end of the trip, mm-hmm. but it's also like it almost makes it worse that it happened at the end. Well, if we look at it, actually, Manistee did go according to plan. We did the route. We were yeah, exactly, to, exactly. Yeah. But so many things happened along yeah. the way. Um, and it's like, it's good it happened at the end, but it was, it's kind of insulting. It's like salt yeah. in the wound. Like, yeah. We were so close to being done. <laughs> um, the road trip, again, yeah, everything technically went according to plan. Well, Big Sur Big was going to be its own episode. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. It didn't. Which, actually, I was thinking, like, were we going to have three road trip episodes originally, though? Or was it going to be? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We were? Yeah, yeah. Well, that was supposed to launch. Big Sur was supposed to launch the road trip. Okay. That's right. So it would have been, it still would have been three either way. It would have been, we started in, we would have done just a full episode in Big Sur. Right. And then we would have teased the road trip home. Right, okay. Um, But it ended up working out. I think a good chunk of the California episode was in Big Sur. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Uh, Shenandoah, you weren't on that one. No, but, but that I was another happen. case yeah. where, yeah. yeah. And it's funny because, like, I think maybe we worried more about those things than our viewers because, like, a lot of people still like the Shenandoah episode. Mm-hmm. And a lot of cases where things don't go according to plan, it still turns out fine. You know which one did go according to plan? Whitney. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> the true. The toughest actually. one. That is really funny. Is the one that actually went according that to plan. That went so smoothly. <laughs> and that was the one where things could have easily not gone according to yeah, plan. Yeah, with like... Serious consequences. Yeah. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah, it's it's kind of cool because like, even though it's kind of stressful for us, it's like tr- trying to create a video... It's kind of nice in a sense that it like opens up new possibilities. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, because the Hawaii backpacking trip didn't go according to plan, mm-hmm. it's now sort of more of a road trippy episode. But that also like opens up what an episode can be mm-hmm. and like allows us to explore other things. Well, like, yeah. go ahead. No, no. Well, I just think like the road trip episodes. I think at first I was hesitant to do those other episodes because I'm always like, there's always part of me that's like, I want these episodes to be like very formulaic in a mm-hmm. certain way. But I like. I, I don't know. I watch those ones a lot, actually. Mm-hmm. And I really like that you get to see all these different aspects of a journey. Exactly. For me, that's like one of the most visceral videos that we've made. Like To me, that I watched it and I feel very nostalgic about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. So I'm going to offer some terrible advice here uh, when it comes to things that are going according to plan. Usually on a backpacking trip, you want to have a solid plan. And that's important. But if you plan everything so much to the nose... It's so much easier for something to go wrong. Yeah. And then if you're someone like me and one thing goes wrong, you stress out about everything. So in a lot of hiking instances, it's better just to have a broad plan and be like, I'm going to go here and I know I'm coming back this day. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to be in this area. It's important someone know, but we don't have to be on this trail and get off this trail this time. And we have to, we don't have to spend a, a night exactly in this campsite. We can be either in that one or this one and have backup plans. So piece of advice when you're camping, don't make a strict plan. Definitely have a plan, but not a strict plan. And it's especially nice when you're in a place like Dolly Sods or another national forest where you are kind of like where you're not stuck to a permit that you've Mm -hmm. set, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, And that kind of goes back to the whole thing where like, especially if you're not worrying about filming an episode, like then then it's like, what's what's the point of worrying? You know, unless you're actually in danger, it's like if the plan goes wrong but you're still having a good time, then mm-hmm. you might as well not stress too much about right. it. Exactly. As long as no one is in serious risk, you're good. Because, like, when we... I remember we got off of the shuttle on the way back from that backpacking trail and mm-hmm. the the really nice worker, uh, Teary, I think. Yeah. Um, she was like, oh, I'm so sorry that it didn't go according to plan. And I was thinking, like, well, it's like, we can't really complain. Yeah. Like, like we're on an island in Hawaii. Like, oh, no. <laughs> what can you Looks possibly... like we have to spend an entire week in Hawaii. <laughs> Yeah, I told my Kung Fu instructor that I was going to Hawaii, and he was like, oh, man, that's a bummer. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Very, very good discussion there. (laughs) We want to talk about maybe just some broad updates in our lives. uh, Sure, sure. And uh, see what's going on, because it's been a minute since I think both of us have been on camera together. That's true, yeah. Probably going back to October or November or so, maybe even before then. Actually, last time we filmed Campfire Chronicles was in November, and you were not there for that. I was so. not. Yeah, what's up in your life? So, if, you, uh, if you're a Patreon subscriber, you've probably already seen her, but there's someone new important in my life, and her name is Sierra. She's a golden retriever. She's about 45 pounds, and she'll be moving with me down to Texas, which, by the way, I'm moving to Texas. 
come uh, come July. So, uh, as sad as the guys are, they're not sad. <laughs> To see me um, not being around for some of the more we're local not trips. happy about it. <laughs> we're neutral. Um, yeah, so uh, some of those older videos I made when I was in California—they're um, not going to be in California, but they're going to be in Texas, and I won't be alone. I'll have my golden with me. And the—you were saying we should really go to what was it Carlsbad? Uh, I would love to go to Carlsbad. I don't know how much we can actually film in Carlsbad, oh, right, right. but to me, it's one of the most uh, impressive, um, overwhelming national parks I've ever been to. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but we should go near Big Bend National Park. Yeah, that'd be That's cool. That's right on the Mexico-Texas border. You know, <laughs> that reminds me of, uh, uh, what's the guy in Mandalorian's name? The German guy. Oh, Why uh, can't Han, I think? Han, no. <laughs> uh, no, not Hans Zimmer, but... Uh, uh, why can't I remember his name suddenly? <laughs> we quoted him so much when we were yeah, in yeah. Hawaii. Uh, German filmmaker. Anyway, he has a filmmaking school. Um, he's a guy who goes, bounty hunting is a complicated profession. But uh, Why can't I think of his name? He's a big filmmaker. We're just brain farting right now. But he his film school like apparently teaches nothing about how to film. And it teaches stuff about like how to forge a permit and like how to break, <laughs> break open locks and stuff. Because <laughs> I guess when he's done films in the past, he's like, just kind of bypassed rules and stuff to get the shot. I'm like, hmm. Yeah. Good good for that guy. Good for that guy. It wouldn't work for us. <laughs> yeah. Um, what is his name? I'm going to look that up real quick. Well, but... well I think there's a W somewhere. There's there. a W, yeah. Why can't I? Um, so, yeah. I'll be moving to San Antonio, Texas. I'll be finishing up my graduate degree in May and taking a few months off. Hopefully filming some stuff for Adventure Archives along the way. Werner Herzog, of course. Werner Herzog, yeah. okay. How did we forget that? <laughs> um, so, I may be asking the Adventure Archives community for some advice and for oh, yeah, maybe yeah. some help for this trip. So, right now I'm thinking about taking a road trip across <laughs> America with the dog and then maybe going to Japan, Korea, or Europe. Oh, yeah. You were talking about wanting to like travel around a lot. Yeah, for a few months. Yeah, yeah. Because I, I graduate end of april and then i start my job in july it would be awesome to do another episode in uh in japan mm -hmm. that is one episode that miraculously turned out really well and like went according to plan <laughs> because we went there without really even a solid plan like mm -hmm. i think robbie's friends were planning something but mm -hmm. like it could have turned out super snowy but anyway True. or new zealand i don't know oh yeah we've never done that too i know new i know the language they speak in new zealand so that might help. <laughs> anyway you can that, speak new, Ze new zealander <laughs> yes so anyway that's what's going on in my life um and hopefully you'll be seeing some videos with me and sierra soon cool cool because she's a she's a good girl what about you any new updates with you i noticed that you've uh you've been punching things a lot more in these videos you want to talk about that yeah uh well i mean everyone knows about my kung fu obsession by now but um i was Which, in... by the way kudos to you oh, i remember on a very chilly new year's day you were talking, Dunes. yeah. We were talking about New Year's resolutions, and you said I want to get more into kung fu. Did I actually say that? Specifically? Yeah, I couldn't you, remember. I remember you. You've been talking about that. Either. I don't know if it was specifically okay. on camera, but I know you had been talking about it that day. Ah. And um, well, two trips to New York, and uh, uh, a few black belts later. <laughs> I don't know. If you, I don't know even know if black belts are a thing in kung fu. There, well, not in this. I mean, in some there are, but no. And also, I'm nowhere near that. But. Oh. <laughs> Well, it's it's funny because like learning something is such a 
tumultuous process like when you first start out, you you learn so much, and you're like, "Wow, I'm learning so much!" Like in such a short amount give me, of time. Give give the audience some context. Context here. How many days a week do you go to kung fu? I try to go. Uh, so it's I go to three days a week, but two of those days have two classes. Okay, so, so I try to go for like five classes a week. Five classes a week, and how many? How long is a class? An hour long or so. Okay, so yeah. five. Although the one on Saturday is two hours. So. All right, so six hours a week. Yeah. That's... Uh, and, well, now I am also, like, getting private training for my instructor with one other student on Wednesday. Seven hours a week. <laughs> <laughs> but, it's, it's see, it's, it's funny because, like... That is a full work day, you know. But you're constantly running into moments where you're like, I have learned nothing. Like, you actually have, but, like, you're always running into those moments where you're like... Oh man, I'm back to square one mm. with anything that you would practice, whether it's kung fu or something else. But um, Mm-mm-mm. like recently, uh, I sparred a guy, and like, what is sparring? I don't know what that means. Sparring is just like kind of light fighting, like you okay. put on pads and you you fight, but mm. like a fully resisting opponent. And um, at first I didn't do so well. So what happened? Well, yeah, what happened is he was basically hitting me in the face like way harder than I thought he would. Mm. <laughs> I had a mouth guard on and stuff, but, uh, like, my nose even bled. Yeah, I, I remember you um, So that. I think that kind of, like, mentally put me in, like, a weird state. But eventually I was able to, like, I think I was able to, like, improve and I was able to get him back in the face a few times. He was wearing a mask. Yeah, yeah. Um, Sounds like you need to wear a mask next time. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and uh, don't hold back. If he hits hard, then you hit harder. Well, see, it's funny because it's, like, there, there are just moments where it's, like, oh, wow, like, that's actually what it's like. Mm-hmm. Um and you just realize how much more you have to learn in moments like that. Uh, but anyway. So let me ask you, how how is that tied into your experience outdoors? Has it at all? Is there any connection between hiking and kung fu? You know, I I think there are several connections. Like, you could look at just purely the physical fitness aspect. Mm-hmm. And, like, like, because I hike, I think... Because a lot of times you're on a trail and it's kind of on like a weird slope, right? And you, mm-hmm. so you have to use your muscles and your feet and your legs mm-hmm. to, to make so you're, it. You're talking more, there, there's a physical connection between the two. Well, I think there's also like sort of a philosophical one. Um, I, I, I guess the first thing that comes to mind is I've noticed a lot of people who are really into kung fu mm-hmm. talk about it the way I talk about the outdoors, where it's like they see it more as just a hobby and mm-hmm. see it almost like this philosophical kind of lifestyle thing, mm-hmm. um, where they're like, you know, the principles of this style that I'm learning apply to the rest of my life. Mm -hmm. And I like when I think of the outdoors, I'm like, well, the sort of things that you do while you're backpacking have lessons for the rest of life. Okay. Um, I wonder how much of that could be applied just to any, yeah, yeah. Any hobby or any art form. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if I call outdoor hiking an art form, but you could argue that it is to some degree. Yeah, Yeah. Well, interesting. Interesting. Okay. Anyway. And do we want to talk about one other somewhat uh, uneventful, motionless, sensory-deprived event in oh, our I lives? Oh, for- yeah, 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 yeah. We yeah. should talk um, um, yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, 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 go. Well, I will. <laughs> so uh, I totally forgot about that. More like the Joe Rogan podcast. Yes, now. <laughs> yes. So long story short, um, been wanting to try this for a while, forgot about it, and then I had a professor talk about it. And sure enough, we got... Tickets, I don't know what tickets, we were able to do a sensory deprivation chamber simultaneously, not together. As a group, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't get naked in the same pod together, but we went in. Because you had a Groupon. Groupon, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was um, way, it was like really cheap. It was like 50, 40, 40 bucks. Yeah. About 45 bucks or so. 
So for those of you who are uninitiated with the sensor deprivation chamber or floating, as the, the, the youth say, <laughs> um, it is exactly that. It, it, it takes away all your senses and you're just floating. Yeah, you're like in a basically a pod full of really salty water. So mm-hmm. you float and it, it's completely dark. It's completely dark. I mean, it doesn't have to be, but that's yeah. the best. Yeah, it, it, it should be completely dark. You're in a pod, so it takes out all the sound. And then mm-hmm. on top of that, you wear little earbuds to cancel out the sound as well. Yeah. The water is heated to your body temperature, so you don't really feel the coldness of the water. You're literally just floating in nothing. And the idea of this is that <clears throat> as your senses begin to shut down, your brain waves increase to a degree. And there's science that proves that as you as you shut down the rest of your body, your brain starts to mm. take over certain aspects. And now, I'm, I'm not familiar enough with the science, but this is where interesting things start to happen. You can either start to think about things, let your mind, mind, mind run wild, or um, you can just be in a state of absolute bliss. But... Maybe we can talk a little bit about what our experiences were and how we approached it. Because I took a lot more literal when it was sensory deprivation than I think you were able to. Well, time. yeah. Part of the problem is I had like a mild sinus thing. Mm-hmm. Like I was getting over a cold. And so like <laughs> <laughs> so like that's kind of what I was fixating on a lot was just mm-hmm. this like mild discomfort in my nose. But. And, and, and just so you guys know, this is not something that's uncommon among the hiking community. A lot of hikers mm-hmm. go through sensory deprivation, especially after long hikes. Oh, interesting. Really? Yeah, yeah. Well, at least that's what I've heard from some PCT hikers. What's their like what is just so they can reintegrate into like civilization or? No, no. It's just I think more just to reflect. On yeah, it. more of the mindset. You know, a lot of people who go hiking are a little bit more into what's going on in my brain. So it's just kind of like overlapping interests. True. And it also really does help you relax your muscles. Mm. So after you've been on the trail for 100 miles or so, it's a great way just to sit there and relax. Mm. That's one of the first things I noticed about um, floating was how difficult it was to relax. For me, believe it or not, I have a difficult time (laughs) relaxing. (laughs) And so when I got in the tub and I was floating there, I noticed how tense certain muscles were, like how much like, oh, I was making a fist or, oh, like, oh, I'm flexing my arm right now and I didn't even realize that or, oh, my neck is in flex. And so just going through the process and of being able to just be like, okay, relax that arm, relax that finger, everything there. So that was one of the first steps I made. I don't know. What were some of your initial thoughts in the first 20 minutes? So when I first got into the tank, I, I had the sensation of just like floating through a void. And like it felt like I was almost doing like backflips through space. Was that – it was an hour-long float. Was that was at the very beginning. Right in the beginning. Okay. Because what happened next <laughs> was uh, – what did happen? I, I think I like – oh, yeah. So my pod will like – was a little defected and wouldn't close all the way and the shower light was still on it turned Mm -hmm. off after a while okay so i got up to try and like finagle with the door Mm -hmm. and then i got like salt water in my eyes and so then i was like spritzing that i was like and then like i think i like got some of the steam in my mouth because it was super bitter so then after like spraying the fresh water on my eye to get the salt out i I was just kind of lying there for a while and finally like it went away but um yeah, you did not have a good initial experience. Yeah, though. I would love to try it again. Yeah, my, there were just a lot of factors. I think mine was a little, mine was a little bit better in the sense that I didn't do anything. I got in, I found my position. There was some background music playing for the first five minutes or so, then it slowly faded away, mm-hmm. and then 
I wanted to move. Like every inch of me was like, you just got to move because you're restless. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I just told myself, no, don't move. Don't move. Don't move. Don't move. And it was the hardest thing I've ever done. It is kind of like meditation, I guess, but... in that sense where it's like, I, I noticed myself feeling relaxed in some moments, but in other moments I was like, I kind of want to get out of here. Yeah. And it felt like time was slow and fast at the same time. Exactly. Like, yeah. Exactly. I, I was like, man, I just want to get up and move around. But I knew if I did, I wouldn't achieve the next step. Yeah, there are yeah, different yeah. steps in this about shutting off different parts of your brain. Um, and it's like the brain is resisting you. It's like, no, you just got to move your finger. Mm. Just like move your finger a little bit, make some splashes. You know, you need you need some stimulation there. But no, if you can get through the uh, the temptation of stimulating yourself, <laughs> um, <laughs> then you really stimulate yourself. No. <laughs> Thanks, Thomas. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I'm saying. You know what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. Like if you get over the desire to like fidget like mm-hmm. i mean that's our minds are always kind of like wanting to get distracted yeah yeah and when you get over that then it's like you're kind of you get to this mindful place i guess mm-hmm. and that's that's that stimulation i was talking about <clears throat> yeah yeah um yeah and, i really want to try it again when i don't have like a sinus infection mm-hmm. <laughs> but let, <laughs> let me let me just talk about a little bit of some of the things that i noticed um once i was able to kind of shut down the 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 urge to move around a little bit I started to see some lights, just some very faint, like white lights. I, I described mm-hmm. it as a curtain that would kind of like flutter in the wind. Um, I'd hear voices, kind of in the sense that you hear voices when you're in a fever dream or when you're dreaming. Uh, there was one moment where I heard like voices or something, mm-hmm. like that, but, but it, it's not. You you hear the voices without realizing you're actually listening to them. I feel like it's almost like your brain is sort of dreaming while you're still awake. Exactly. Yeah. And in mine, my, my voices were like speaking different languages. And oh, wow. it was like I was walking through a market. Well, how clear was it and how aware were you of it? Because I, I literally only heard like a distant voice once. And I I was like, was that real? or was... Oh, I, I had no doubt the voices I was, I was listening to were all in my head. Like there was But no... were, was it like an ongoing thing? Like a whole conversation? You know how I... you go to a marketplace? And you just hear, hear that murmur. you hear like a murmur, like there's always voices. Sometimes you hear one a little bit more uh, pronounced okay. than the other. You have nothing is really audible though. Okay, that's what I heard more in my head. That makes sense. Yeah, um, I heard Spanish. I heard English. I don't like I said. It just reminded me of being on a street in New York. I did have moments where you know how sometimes you have a dream and then you're like falling or tripping and then you jitter. Mm-hmm. I had moments like that, except not quite as like of a violent movement. Yeah. I, I had that too, yeah, but yeah. I resisted the urge to move. Well, I just kind of did it like for subconsciously. Yeah. And it was a very slight movement, but every time I did, I, I would hear like the water just like rushing. Like, I, want, I wonder how much that is the brain trying to make something to focus on and like give you some type of, and I'm, 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 I'm let, let's be adults. And when I talk about stimulation, like literally something yeah, to yeah. focus on some sensory. Well, I mean, I've, I have also heard that the brain goes into sort of like an REM sleep kind of mm-hmm. state when you're in those pods. I believe so it. So that might also be it. I, I believe it. Yeah. Um, so I had a few other thoughts, a few other things, just some introspective thinking I'm not going to get into, but the end about five minutes before, your time is up. They start to slowly play music. And okay, this is going to be a little bit dramatic. Bear <laughs> with me here. It's like the faintest sound first. And you're not even sure if, if there's a sound or if there is music coming. And then it's slowly over five minutes becomes audible. Mm. And about halfway, when you start to notice that it is actually music and you can start to distinguish like the changes in tones and everything, 
that's when I allowed myself to start moving again. But I didn't obviously want to jump up and be like, Bleh! Uh, in a sense, I felt like I couldn't move. Mm-hmm. I felt like like moving a finger took all the energy I had in my body. But you know, I started very simple, simple by moving fingers and yeah, then yeah. moving hands, and then like I would move to the side and then move to the other side, and then I eventually, once the music was clearly starting to come up, um, I rolled over and rolled over, and then I could feel the bottom and I could feel my chest i could feel my head all this stuff and i felt like i was being born again <laughs> <laughs> for real <laughs> kind of well actually no i mean yeah kind of because it, there, there is this sense where you're back like outside and you're like oh wow like, yeah well the the, the reason so i stuff. the reason i say that is because i didn't move at all when i got in the tub oh yeah yeah and for an hour you just you just stand there motionless and then finding the energy to move just slightly it, it to me, that's the weirdest feeling about that experience was feeling like you've lost the ability to move because you're just telling your body not to move. Mm. And then when you have to move again, the energy that it takes to get out of out of stasis, out of bed. You know, you know how difficult it is to get out of bed. Yeah, yeah. It's like that, but worse. <laughs> <laughs> but for me, it was almost like there was also an aspect to getting out that felt good. Like, mm-hmm. oh, I'm alive again. Like, I can. I can move around and be free again. Once I found that energy, I, it felt great. Yeah. You're right. But um, I will say the one of the things that reminded me of was this pose in yoga where it's – I forget what the name is, but it's literally you just lie on the floor and like mm. close your eyes. Um, but like that's usually what they do at the end of yoga sessions, at least based on the six classes I took. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and they'll like actually guide you through like releasing all the tension in certain parts of your body, like going from your toes to your head. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when you – wake back up or whatever uh they kind of like slowly tell you to like start moving your toes and fingertips mm. until like you're moving your whole body but that, that is kind of what it reminded me of is just this like going into this like sleepy kind of state and then coming back to reality no um i hear you on that I hear so you. here's a weird question but how do you do you find this relating to your outdoors experience in any way or is it just in a sense yes uh after I do this a lot more alone when I hike, and that's one of the reasons why I love hiking alone, is you get to get lost. Sorry, you get to get lost in your own brain. Mm-hmm. You focus on something. Your legs are doing all the work, and in a sense, I was able to. It's it's kind of like this room that my brain gets into when I'm when I'm going hiking. Some people might call it like a hiker high or a running high or something. But after maybe an hour or two, and I'm just on the trail, I start to think about something. I just thoughts in my own mind kind of run wild and everything. And this experience was like a back door mm-hmm. into that hiker's high. Um, and I feel like you can. There are different ways of getting into that state of mind, and everyone has their own ability to to reach it. But this was just a one way of getting to that getting to that point and looking at it through a different lens. Does that yeah, make sense? Yeah, yeah. No, totally. I think like in general, a lot of experiences like that, and this goes back to the, like the whole Kung Fu thing or yeah. whatever, but I feel like any experience where you're sort of like breaking away from the routine of everyday life in terms of what you're doing literally, mm-hmm. but also like just mentally how you, how your brain mm-hmm. usually is like going in autopilot, you know, mm-hmm. anything and, like that is kind of, and I, I'll say this because there's a lot of, if, if anyone listens to this podcast, <laughs> There's probably a few people out there that are thinking about doing it. And my best recommendation is give it a try, spend the money, try and get a discount. And if it doesn't go 
according to plan, don't dismiss it because they say it takes a few a few tries at it to really get it right. This is why my motto in life is try most things twice. Yes. <laughs> um, having said that, though, really give it all all you can. And, yeah, yeah. and if you're uncomfortable, you know, try and stick with it. Just try and not move. Try and it's going to be a lot worse before it gets better. Yeah. yeah. Does that make sense? Because the first half hour, I was just, I felt in a lot of pain. <laughs> yeah. Like not literally, but just like you wanted to. Somewhat, yeah. lit- somewhat oh, literally. Right. Yeah. Just because I was like, I need to move. Mm. Um, I told you about that beat of sweat that I had going down my. Oh, yeah. 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 So <laughs> I'll, 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 this will be my last story on this. Um, towards the end of my float, uh, I had a bead of sweat come up right. <laughs> right around here on my on my upper lip and it slowly just worked its way down the side <laughs> of my face but because i couldn't hear anything uh-huh. i couldn't see anything i couldn't taste or smell anything that's the only like the only and nothing else was nothing else had any feeling that's all i could fixate yeah, yeah and yeah. it lasted probably about five minutes going down my um going down my beard <laughs> and man it was like someone just took the fluffiest pillow and like stuck it right there for five minutes and just went like, <laughs> in real- reality, it's just any other day's beat of sweat. Yeah, man, that's funny. That's so, weird. anyway, that's what's been going on with us. <laughs> um, uh, we really don't have a whole lot of uh, engagement from our Patreon <laughs> donors, Jason Bourgeois. Well, the, it's not a good time of day. Yeah, it's like yeah. afternoon on a weekday. But Most people are at lunch. And, yeah. Uh, Sorry that we uh sorry to our patrons who are watching us live right now that we weren't able to do this last night but uh there's there there are three of you out there. Yeah, yeah. Well, four maybe. So, well, we're someone's opening. Oh wait, one of Jason, them is us. Jason. We're one of them, aren't Yeah, we? but Jason Bourgeois, if there's ever yeah. a gold if, medal for being the 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 patron saint oh, yeah, of yeah, yeah. Uh, live streams, is, uh, Jason. Yeah. Yeah, Jason's awesome. It, it, actually, if anyone else is here, I'd love to see you comment in the live chat. Just like, what are you gonna like? There's only four of us here. No one's gonna know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's nothing to be afraid of. Um, so at, I guess I'm looking at you, moms. <laughs> that's probably that's who it is. Your mom, my it's, mom, Jason, us. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that probably is what it is. Actually, yeah. Um, the next thing we could probably talk about is uh, winter camping because, as oh. it's abundantly clear in Columbus, it is a gray. It's been cold gray. and drab winter. It's not even been cold though. It's just been drab. It's been. It's some of the days have been cold, but yeah, it hasn't snowed. Like it hasn't snowed for no, real. No, like yeah. I would argue it's not even been cold. The coldest I think I've seen it is maybe eighteen degrees on a morning when I had to take Sierra out, mm. and that was it. There were a couple days, but yeah, mostly it's been kind of right. Yeah, twenties, thirties, some fifties. Yeah, it's, it's broken. Uh, man. It's, <laughs> it's broken. But anyway, because we were just in Hawaii, we're thinking our next trip might be a smaller trip, like somewhere driving distance, but one where we can kind of like, at least this is what I'm thinking. I would love to do a trip where we can go off trail, because um, we haven't done that for a while, and just like really be out in the woods. I don't know if I've ever gone trip. off trail with you guys. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, we should do that. Mm. I was, I mean, honestly, I was thinking we should go back to Morgan Monroe State Forest. Uh, Robbie, I feel like for whatever reason, doesn't like the idea of that, but... Robbie... Robbie's Robbie, <laughs> <laughs> but I think we should do that because like you can, we can hike on part of the trail then go off trail and like there, I don't know it's just such a nice feeling to be in the middle of the woods and like be able to like walk wherever you want without being bound to a trail, 
and just look for a campsite. You know, I, I'm in a different mindset. I think we should go as far north to Michigan as we can, find just a place where we can go snowshoeing. Not really snowshoeing, but some place where we can go and bring a maybe buy a winter tent and just set up camp, mm. stay there for two nights, go explore, go hiking, do our own little things for the day. Don't worry about backpacking. Um, we could do both. That'd be cool. Yeah. I don't know. It'd be... Um, it's different. I mean, I definitely want to do the thing where we get... Whether it's a winter tent or just a big tent, mm-hmm. but like where we can all stay in one tent together mm-hmm. and like maybe have like a little camping candle. Type yeah, thing. like that'd be super cool. Why don't we do that? We should do that. No, yeah, we should. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know how much a tent costs, but we only need one. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, just and we only really need to go two miles away from the car, set up that tent, and then it is kind of like that bushcraft you've always wanted to do. Yeah, yeah. You can stay at the campsite. We don't move the campsite for two nights, and we just kind of go out and do our own thing. Yeah. Although I still also want to do an off-trail type thing. I mean, it's all off-trail. Huh? It would be all off-trail. Yeah, but, well, I don't know. If it's just that, like, a campsite. Well, I mean, we define our own campsite. We go off-trail, we set up our own campsite. Oh, I see. But then you just stay there. Okay, good. And we go, yeah, go on a hike. That'd be cool. Cool. I don't know. We'll figure it out. But uh, either way, I'm kind of itching for that, like, classic. Because, like... At least for Midwesterners, I feel like camping in this kind of weather is a very, like, um, relatable experience. Mm-hmm. Because it's, like, <laughs> it's like gray and drab for, like, half the year in mm-hmm. the Midwest. Um, but it's also, like, got its benefits where it's nice and cool out. Uh, you don't have to worry about bugs or humidity. Mm-hmm. Um, that is the nice part. Yeah, yeah. And usually it's, like, drier, so there's less rain, mm-hmm. hopefully. Um, but, yeah, I'm, I'm itching for that kind of a classic winter trip. I hear you. And... Um... Just because I'm the only one who cares, I uh, I'm looking forward to figuring out where I'm going to take Sierra for her first trip. Oh yeah, actually that would be perfect. Like if we could find a place where she can just run around, run around. Yeah, the problem right now is it's a little too cold for her, mm-hmm. and if it's uh, too cold for her, and she's still very much a puppy, I'm I'm planning on April okay. being her first real trip like that. Now I take her hiking sometimes with me just on the leash, but I'd love to be able to let her off and run around and viewers would probably enjoy seeing that too yes the viewers not andrew (laughs) (laughs) we would probably take our cat camping if it was actually a feasible thing to do but that you'd have to like carry it in its own little thing like i see those uh backpacks with the little bubbles on the back (laughs) those are hilarious yeah that's the way you have to hike with a cat Mm -hmm. there is like an instagram person who's like a scientist like botanist or something and she actually takes her cat on hikes really uh, but I feel like you have to have like a very special cat yeah, that's yeah. willing to do that. Well, Sierra's a very special dog. I'm sure she is. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure she is to you. <laughs> no, I like dogs. <laughs> there you go. Um, <laughs> well, I, I guess on the topic of winter camping, because I feel like a lot of people I talk to are really hesitant to go out in the winter. Mm-hmm. Um, they're like, oh, I just don't want to deal with that. Hmm. But I wanted to talk about like what we find appealing about it. If if you even find it appealing, maybe you don't, because <laughs> you were in L.A. for four years. So. Uh, I got mixed thoughts on winter camping. And I guess I mean, when have you been winter camping? How often? Um, Nordhaus. Oh right, yeah. Mm-hmm. Red River Gorge. And I would argue that Grayson Highlands was also somewhat yeah, winter yeah. camping. It wasn't it's the still coldest. in that sort of period where it's like early spring. Yeah, it wasn't the cold. Actually, it got that really March, cold. Right? Yeah, it got really cold um, that last night. When oh we were yeah, all huddled yeah. In the it tent, got super cold. Or yeah. the the lean to. That's my extent 
of backpacking in, in the in the cold. And I've gone hiking plenty of times in the cold, but mm. uh, well, I guess Whitney in a sense was kind of like that, even though it's summertime. Like the last campsite or the sec- the one before the summit. Oh yeah, but that that I think it went down to forty. I guess that was just like every season yeah. in the course of a day. Yeah, when yeah. you're that high altitude, it's yeah. just gonna be that cold. I will be honest, I don't love it. Okay, I don't love it. Um, I think it it's always so drab outside that it's hard to find a lot of the beauty. Um, the one exception being Red River Gorge. Mm. When we were at Hanson's Point, I think the beauty was in how drab it was mm. and how oh, interesting. monochromatic it was. Because mm-hmm. everything just kind of blended to each other except the rocks. The rocks just jutted out. But it's not the same as when you're, you know, I've seen footage of Red River Gorge in the summertime and it's just green everywhere yeah, and yeah. orange and the sun's out. Uh, you can't beat that. I feel like they each have their appeal, but I, if I were, if I had to choose between that and mm-hmm. like camping in a really hot, humid summer day oh, yeah. in the Midwest, I would choose winter every day. Oh, I would choose winter yeah, too. Okay. Humidity is a whole different yeah, yeah. game. The one exception to winter camping, and I'll, I'll defend this every time, is in the mountains. Think of um, Lake Tahoe. Yeah. Like Lake Tahoe. Beautiful. Oh, that was so it's like a pretty. Christmas Wonderland. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because you, you get the. Out, the beauty, the beauty of the alpines, the evergreens, all there. Mm-hmm. Then you have like these, these massive mountains jutting out, and you get these beautiful formations of the snow. Yeah, if you, if you haven't seen our Lake Tahoe video, check that out in the side video. I love our Lake Tahoe yeah. video. It didn't get enough views. Yeah, yeah. I'll stand by that. Yeah. Tell your grandma to watch. Too. Yeah. <laughs> um, and even in the uh, the the micro road trip that we did from Lake Tahoe back mm-hmm. to L.A. Looking at all those frozen lakes. Well, hiking out of uh, Nordhaus was very wintry. I mean, it's not the same because you're not in the mountains, but yeah. I felt like that was pretty nice. That wintry. was pretty nice, yeah. yeah. It was cold, though. Yeah. I think that was the problem because it was 12 degrees. Yeah, yeah. I do think there's, like, part of the appeal might be just that you have to have grown up in that sort of environment and, like, there's, like, a nostalgia to it. I mean, I grew up in that environment. I don't know. So <laughs> <laughs> maybe there is. Well, I, I think for me, actually, the biggest thing is just the fact because, like, you can be in the same forest in the summer and it can be like overgrown with weeds and like mm-hmm. there's no way you're hiking off of the trail. But in the like late fall or winter or early spring, the forest floor is just like clear. Like yeah. all there are leaves. And like, I don't know, to me, that's just such a different experience where you can just wander out oh. and go anywhere you want. It's so free. Those those ends of the uh, of the season, the end of summer and fall versus and um early spring yeah that's like the sweet spot in the Midwest. Yeah, yeah 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 if you could do that that we should be filming every weekend there the unfortunate thing is those periods of time last so they're so Quickly. ephemeral it's yeah like, yeah ephemeral i like that yeah yeah so anyway those are my thoughts on winter camping <laughs> it's a mixed bag. mixed bag i but i mean i do think there is also something really appealing about like sleeping in the winter for whatever reason but we still have to try it with a winter tent because Robbie says that that is life changing. Yes. So. Yeah. So I, I vote that we try that. Yeah. Like, before I leave. I wonder. I mean, he said the winter tent he used wasn't that much bigger than like one of our tents. No. So I wonder if we could get a decent size like four person winter tent. Just uh, you know, just throw it on my back. Well, no. <laughs> we <laughs> were like, thinking we could like split up all the different. Like, yeah. I'm sure we could. That's funny though. That is probably something we would like joke about. <laughs> there you go, Thomas. That would be so fun though. I like it. I like it. Yeah, yeah. Just go up like the Upper Peninsula in Michigan. Take the uh, take a four wheel vehicle and figure it out. <laughs> Snowmobile. Cool. Um. Well, we've only got 
you know, let's let's wrap things up here. Yeah, let's. Uh, we've only got like a few people on Patreon watching, but if any patrons have any questions, now's the time to ask, and we can answer those. But so, in the meantime, Jason yeah. Bourgeois, again, another shout out to him, said something about me being beardless. Oh, I'm, right. uh, I'm trying to get out. Do you? Uh, are you trying to keep some scruff, or is that no? Is there scruff? I shaved. When I guess shave? I shaved two days ago. Okay. Did I shave two days ago? No, yeah. I shaved yesterday. No, I shaved two days ago. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Did I? I? Sh- when did I shave? I shaved uh, yeah. on last Friday, I think. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thomas, do you feel lighter without the beard? <laughs> I feel colder. I feel colder. Oh, so you do notice that? Oh, yeah, oh, definitely. You don't? Uh, I mean, I don't think it makes enough of a difference for me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think it like, would. Let me, let me rephrase it. I think... At, if you were to shave what you have right now and go outside, because of how fresh your skin oh, is yeah, yeah, yeah. and how it's open extra sensitive. the pores yeah. are, yeah, it's extra sensitive. That makes sense. Um, but yeah, that's why I feel lighter. Yeah, yeah. Um, any other questions? And if not, then we can wrap this up. I think we it's it's time to wrap this baby yeah. up. Jason Bourgeois says uh, winter backpacking is a good excuse for hot pot. That is very true. Mm. Yeah, that we hot, need to do hot pot. Yeah. Just in general, you mean, or what? Oh, winter, camping? winter camping hot pot. Okay, yeah, yeah. Actually, that would be perfect for your idea because we wouldn't have to worry as much about hiking with like all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like it. I like it. We could even. <laughs> what if we set up like a base camp and then hiked and set up like just a normal campsite and then hiked back to the base camp, like a campsite where we sleep that or just. Yeah, so it's still sort of like on a journey, but we still have this base camp to come back to. Or we could do that whole cabin thing Brian was talking about. Mm. That'd be cool. Sounds like a lot of planning. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, I think that's <laughs> uh, that's coming up on our time here. All right. Yep. Um, Thank you uh, so much for watching mm-hmm. and or listening to this episode. I hope you've all enjoyed the side of my face while I look up to Andrew. <laughs> Um, yeah, the Hawaii episode will be coming out soon. If you are a patron, uh, you can watch that early. And you can also get all sorts of other benefits like behind the scenes, uh, commentaries, bloopers, weekly updates and live streams. Mm -hmm. And it's only $2. And you can just message us. You know how cool it is just to message us? Yeah, yeah. We're pretty cool. And we're way less bad about not answering comments on Patreon. Yes, yes. (laughs) So, yeah, sorry about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think that's it. All right. All right, well, better put out this campfire. Do we still say that anymore? I don't. Did we ever say that? I think we did, like at first. I think the original inception of this was that we would have an actual campfire mm-hmm. and just like talk philosophy the way we do at a campsite. Yeah. But yeah, all let's, right. Let's... <laughs> <laughs> we'll see you guys. Thank you all so right. much. See ya. Bye. Bye.